Okay, so I would like to um, read to you from Isaiah 40. And uh, last week we heard about authority. Today I want to touch a little bit on, on power. It's a little bit different than authority. God has all power and all authority. And he has given us authority. But I wanted to talk about the power of God working in our lives. So um, Isaiah 40, if you have your Bibles and if you want to turn with me, but I'm just going to read through it. If you want to, I'll give you a second. So starting from verse 21, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Isaiah 40, 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? So put your hand on your, on your neighbor's shoulder and say, Lord, help them get it. Help them, Lord, to know and to hear. <laughs> Okay, now put your hand on your heart. <laughs> put, put both your hands on your own heart. Put your feet, if you have to, on your own heart. And say, Lord, really, really, really help me to get this. <laughs> I need it more, Lord. I need it more. Okay, so he's actually inviting us. He's asking us a question. Have you not heard? Have you not known? So there's something in it for us to hear. Something in what he's about to say that we need to hear because it makes a difference. He says, um, has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in. He's starting to explain himself he's trying to he's starting to introduce himself he's saying you do know who I am right you do know my power in creation you do know that I sit above and have a view of it all you do know that I'm in charge it's a reminder yeah you do know and, and when he says the grasshoppers are like um, the inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He's not talking about the worth of people. He's not talking that ah, you're just grasshoppers. But he's talking about in comparison to my power, to my strength, to my abilities, who I am. It's like inhabitants are grasshoppers, but not in worth. Um, because he's created, he's created all of this as a backdrop for us. He continues to say, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. He brings, it means he's saying that it's in my power. I'm able to bring rulers down, to raise them up, to remove certain powers, to establish powers. It's in my hand. You do know that, right? He's, he's um, challenging. He says, Princes, uh, scarcely are they planted and scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows them upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. He says, he's saying, I don't have to wait for a certain time. I don't have to wait for the time of the princes to be over. He says, you know, I can do that. Time is in my hand. I actually 
can make a season longer or shorter. It's in my hand. And I can, I can blow on whatever they have influence, whatever they've said, whatever done, I can blow on it. And even their influence will come to nothing. So he's saying, you do know this is who I am, right? You do know that, he says, to whom will then you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Is there anyone you know like that? Are you comparing me to someone like that? Do you, do you know someone else who can do that? Lift up your eyes on, uh, on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their hosts and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Everything created is known. It's managed by God, he's saying. It's known, managed by me. I don't miss a thing. I haven't missed anything. I've established everything. There's an order. Nothing is in chaos. I'm in charge of it. I see it all. I can remove powers. I can establish powers. I can end times and seasons. And seasons. It, when you look at creation, you... It shows it speaks of my power. And then he starts to say something different in verse 27. He says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by God. Here he's becoming a little bit personal. He's saying, look, you know my power. You've seen what I can do. So when there are things that, that Israel, he's, he's speaking to Israel, that you've seen that I haven't moved in certain ways, in certain areas. He says, why are you saying, why do you say to yourself that God, you've ignored, you've disregarded my rights. There's certain things that need to be done in my, in my life, but they're not happening and I'm not seeing them. And he's challenging, he's saying, are, is it, are you questioning my power and my ability? Do you think my strength, I'm limited in strength, in time, in power, in, in know-how, in my creativity? When there are things in our lives that we're not seeing, that they're moving, is it because I'm in, unable to do that? Have you not known? Have you not heard? There's that question again. What is in your heart that hasn't seen something about me? That you haven't heard yet who I am? He says, the Lord is everlasting God. The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He's outlining very briefly who he is. He's saying, this, this is my might and my strength and my power. All of my creativity, all of my ability. But now he is about to introduce to us an aspect of his power that he needs us to understand about who he is in his dealings relationally with us, relationally to people. Because it's like he's saying, look, I can do everything. If there was no one in my, if, if there's no, no one in relationship with me, if I'm on my own to do everything, I'm, I'm able to do it. 
with one word because I don't have an enemy. I don't have anyone that's equal to me. I don't have anyone who can oppose me. There's no one like that. No one exists like that. But when it comes to my dealings with my loved ones, in relationship to people that I've created, that I love, I've created all of this as a background or a backdrop for you. Here's how I deal with people. Here's my power. Here's all of who I am in my power in relationship to my ability. He says, verse 28, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So he's saying, look, look, when there are times when I am faced with people, not us, others, <laughs> right? Others who should tire God, who should, who can frustrate. He can become, you know, weary and tired over and over again. You ask for something, you, 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 I say something, you still don't get it. You still don't understand. You still fail at that. You still don't trust. You, you, you still fail in, in believing, in trusting, in knowing my goodness, in knowing who I am. The Lord is saying, in my power, I want you to understand my power toward you. This is who I am. I am not tired of you. You don't weary me. You don't tire me out. You don't frustrate me. You don't discourage me. You don't disappoint me. 29, he says, he gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. He's saying, remember my power? Remember all of that ability that I have? When it comes to you, when it comes to people, I kind of use my power to empower you. My power is seen in when I am patient with you, where I encourage you, when I push you forward and say, come on, I lift you up. I strengthen you. It says, even the youth will fail and be weary, and the young will fail, will fall exhausted. <laughs> okay, how many times have we just been so frustrated with ourselves, with others? How many times have we been tired? How many times have we said something and it hasn't been listened to, hasn't been heard? How many times have we told ourselves, oh no, I'm doing that again? saying that even the best of us, even the strongest, you get tired and you get exhausted. Verse 31 says, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and, be weary and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Remember how the Lord is? What does he say? He says, he does not faint nor get weary. He doesn't. So now he's introducing, he's saying, look, I am creating in you. I'm making you to be a people who are like me in my power. I don't get weary and tired when I experience 
people's failures over and over again. And then he says, but those who wait, I'm going to give you the same ability. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to make you my people that you can be and represent me in that power, in that ability. You can represent me on this earth. He, so there's a walking. He says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. They shall run. They shall walk in a way God does. He says, there's a walking when I don't get tired. When sins and weaknesses aren't going to frustrate me. They're not going to discourage me. When my, my, when my eye is on the Lord and his dealings with me in his power, relationally with me, I am not going to get tired. Your shortcomings, my shortcomings are not going to discourage me. They're not going to anger me. They're not going to cause fear in me. They're not going to cause me to worry. I'm going to see it out there. I'm going to see neighborhoods. I'm going to hear the news like Aaron was mentioning. But I'm not going to be changed in my position of my power. Because the one who sits above it all, he's in charge. And he's dealing with me and with others in a way that he puts aside his own, you know, his own, here I am, to lift us up. He's working on my sins. He's working on the sinners to bring them up and to lift them up. And he's going, he's causing me to rise up, to have wings. What's, what does that mean? Is I'm going to have a different perspective. I, I can have the perspective from up here. I can see like the everlasting one. I can, my perspective can be a longer one than the very short that I, I see now. So, and so he's seeing that, look, he's everlasting. He's committed. He's committed to us. He's committed. He, uh, it, 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 he doesn't exit. He doesn't say, okay, I'm done. It's finished. That was a mistake. But he's committed to us. And he stays um, with us for the long haul. He doesn't leave and quit halfway with us. He's the everlasting one. He doesn't quit. Nothing is half done with God. So there is a waiting on God that he's inviting us into. He's saying there's a joy in God's waiting as he's working, as he's displaying his power in this way. Let's go to Psalm 147. 147, I'm going to touch on 1 to 11. He says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. For he is gracious and a song of praise is fitting. I just want to touch a little bit on um, the word gracious. Do you know what grace means? So, you know, grace means... Um, we know that it means un something that's undeserved. 
His grace comes to us. He gives us his grace when we're not deserving of something. He blesses us when we're not deserving of something. It's a very general definition of grace. But you know, if you, if you go to the word grace in the New Testament and you click on it in, in a, uh, for, like the con concordance to find out what the meaning of that, the fullness of the word grace means, it means that God actually, when he says, I'm going to be gracious to you, he's saying that I'm going to assert my own power. I'm going to press inside of you. I'm going to exercise my power in your soul, in your inners, in your inner workings, in your thoughts, in your willingness, in your, in your heart, in your emotions in your understanding, I'm going to assert my own power. And I'm, I am going to change your insides so that you can live the Christian life. That's grace. So when he says, I'm going to be gracious to you, it's not a, oh, that's, that gives me goosebumps and it's a nice feeling. It's actually, he's saying, that's my power. Do you know that? That, we, that his power is in, in his grace to work inside of me, to change things inside of me that enable me to walk like him, to wait like him, to be patient like him. And oh my goodness, how often do I need that? We, we need that. So when you think, when you read that the Lord is gracious to us, have that understanding. It's the power of God is being introduced to me in this, in this way. I'm being invited into this kind of the power of God working in my life. It says, so, okay, so the Lord is gracious. He says, and uh, a song of praise is fitting to him. Look at what he says. Look at how that's working in us. How does it that scene in us? It says, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of, outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. There's, there, is a, there is an example. He's showing us an example. This is who I am. This is what my grace means on the earth globally. When I'm gracious to you, when I'm gracious, I've, I've sent my son to release my grace. He's saying that, that this is what it means. I gather the outcasts. I heal the brokenhearted. And you know, sometimes we're brokenhearted because we've actually resisted God. We've actually done things that have brought harm to us because we've had a hard time trusting him. We've had a hard time, you know, believing what he's saying. So sometimes our own conditions are because we've been against, we've resisted God. But God says to us, you know what? Let's shed it today. Let's shed that condemnation. I want to shed that off of you because that's not who I am. I don't look at you and I say, look at what you've done. Look at what you've created in your life. Look at all the stuff now you have to deal with. Look at all the stuff now other people have to deal with because of your mistakes. He says, I'm, 
I'm there, I'm with you, I'm for you, I lift you out, I open the doors for you to leave where you need to leave, I open the doors where you need to walk in, that's my grace to you, that's my power to you. I don't leave you alone for you now to carry on and to live with whatever, whether you've created for your own life or others have created. He says, I have the power to lift you out of it. So sometimes we have to actually receive. Sometimes actually our fight against God is that we have a hard time thinking that's how good you are. That's how good you are. You're not counting my sins against me. That's how good he is. He determines the numbers of the stars. He gives to them all their names. He values what's his. He calls the stars by names, saying, I, I, I don't miss anything. I give value. I define everything that's mine. Great is the Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. He does that to you and me today. He says, I'm lifting you up and the things and the... The thing that the enemy has done in your life, I can bring that down. It's not an, it's not, the, the enemy, your enemy is no equal to me. And by enemy, we never refer to people. But what the plans and the schemes of what the enemy wants to bring in your life is, that's not anything for the Lord. It's me. So I wonder if sometimes we pay too much attention if we remain down if we remain weak i wonder if because we're paying too much attention and glorifying by mistake the works of the enemy you and i in christ don't have an enemy that is equal to to our own weaknesses or difficulties we have the lord says I lift you up. I do it. And I bring down your enemies. Look at verse 10. He says, his delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. Remember, he, he wants to give, he, he is all-powerful. He just declared that about himself. He says, all power and strength belongs to me, and I give power. But now he's saying, I don't delight in the strength of horses, nor my ple pre pleasure is not in the speed of a runner. First he said, I'm going to cause you to run. I'm going to cause you to endure and run like me. But here he says, I don't take pleasure. So, okay, Hands on the heart, <laughs> Lord, help me here. Because it's not the way he deals with us. He's saying, look, my power, although I can be on my horse, I can, God, God is saying, I can be on my horse, and I can just, anyone's in my way, out of my way. 
I've got a plan and a purpose. You, 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 you are in my way, out of my way. He says, I can outrun anyone who's in my way. But he says, that's not how I am. I display my power and my strength by not how fast, how hard I can remove people out of my way. It's in my long-suffering. It's in my strength to love you enough to say, I'm I have a plan, but I'm not running without you. I'm not going without you. I can have all of my plans and my desires and everything I have planned. I will have it, but I will slow it down for you. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going ahead without you. And he's not just saying it to you and me. He says that to everyone. He's saying that today to the worst of us and the worst of sinners. He's saying that. He's saying, because sometimes we're tempted to say, oh, Jesus, come establish your kingdom and we can't wait and it's going to be all great. But the Lord is saying, no, I don't want all of that without my people. People may mean the people, the creation that I have created. And he's saying, I want you to come and have that same heart as me. You can have things you want. I want peace. And I can say, if I remove you from my life, I will finally have peace. If you are no longer in my life, I can have peace. But that's not how the Lord is. He displays his power by saying, I am peace, and I want peace, but you, I need to be in my life. I'm not going to put you aside so that I have my peace, my joy, my fullness, my plans. So that's how he is with us. When there are negative people in our life, how often do we hear, I'm no longer going to be connected with them because they bring, you know, unrest in my life. The Lord says, no, that's not me. When you bring unrest, when you do that, I'm not like that. You don't tire me when you're like that. I give you my power and I lift you out of that. And he's not done. He's not done with us. He continues doing that. So his power is continually being demonstrated. He doesn't reject us when we reject him. He doesn't put us aside. He helps us, lifts us, heals us, frees us, loves us, blesses us. His power serves us. In his power, he serves us. He strengthens us. He forgives us. He favors us. He blesses us. And he says, come, wait on me and receive from me the same, the same ability, the same strength, the same power. Because when, when we do that, we actually invite the power of God to work in that situation. We invite the power of God to come and work in here, in my insides. And then we allow the power of God to come and work in the people, in the world around us, in our families, in our workplace, in our church, you name it, in my own, by myself. 
And look at what it says. But the Lord takes pleasure in who in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Wow, I don't take pleasure when you do that, when you're on your horse and you're going to just, you know, plow through and get to what you want. He says, I, my pleasure is in those who fear the Lord and who, who, who hope in his steadfast love. His Love is steadfast for you. Steadfast, unfailing. It's steady. It's powerful. He doesn't do this. He doesn't change his mind. One day we're, we're okay and his love is better and his love is stronger. He says, no, get rid of that lie. Get rid of that. Put it off of you. Take it off of you like a filthy lie. Because it's going to discourage you. You're going to deal with people in the same way. You're going to love them more. You're going to love people that are, oh, you know, people who love God. Yes, we're able to, they are such a wonderful person. But that person, well, you know, in our heart, they're stuff. What about the people who've harmed us? What about the people that have hurt us? What about the people that are so frustrating sometimes? The Lord is saying, come wait on me. Because I put my power in you, where you're steadfast in your love. And the Lord is saying, I will not fail you. His love it does not fail. What does that mean? It's not a phrase. It's not a phrase. It's, it's your reality. I will not fail it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what people have done. It doesn't matter what the world is doing. God is not going to fail you. So get rid, again, get rid of the thoughts that says, I've done this and I've done that. Have you brought it to the Lord? Bring it to him and say, Lord, I am now stepping into your love. I'm stepping into the steadfast love that says, God will not fail me. Nothing, nothing I've done in the past, not my own thinking, believing now, is going to cause you to fail me. Because he's stopped his horse at the point of your weakness. What is the point of your weakness? He stops there. He says, come on. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to give you my power. I, it's, it, it's me. I'm going to do it inside of you. You want it? You want it? You got it. That's the Lord's attitude towards us. When we look at the life of Paul, 1 Corinthians 9.22, I want to read scripture. If you want to go there, 1 Corinthians 9. Paul was a person who was, um, he was one who knew the scriptures very well. And he was convinced that Christians were off in their believing, that they were actually not believing rightly, correctly. And he was out to get rid of anyone that was uh, following Jesus. So he had a moment of meeting the Lord, he had a conversion moment with the Lord. 
and he had received from the Lord. And look at the way his, he held his ministries. He dealt with people. The way he uh, uh, spoke to people. This is what he says. To the weak I became weak so that I might win the weak. Do you think he had understood the power of God? To the weak, I became weak. Doesn't mean that when someone is stumbling in an area, he now said, well, let me do it with you. Let me just, let me fail in this area because I want to show you that we're all human and we make mistakes. If you're caught up with this sin, let me just join you. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, when there is weakness, I put aside my power, my reputation, my knowledge, and I'm going to meet you there. Because he says, to the weak I became weak so that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that I might by any means save some. And I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings. You know, he, it's like saying that, you know, if you want to, if in your state and if your condition, if you believe that I am weak, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to let you believe that. I'm not going to force my opinion on you. I'm going to let you think what you think. I'm not going to be offended by you. I've seen the Lord face to face, Paul is saying. We know that from scripture. I've seen him. He's shown me revelations. Things that you don't know yet. You, it's, it's unfathomable for you to think right now you don't know those things, Paul is saying. But I'm not going to push that in our conversations. He's kind of bringing it down to practical. You know, he says, I'll reassure you. How well God speaks with you. When I know, when I know how well God speaks with me, I'll reassure you. I won't expect you to recognize me. I won't think less of you. When I'm rejected, I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to push you away. I'm not going to make you feel small. When maybe you've, you've rejected and, and, and I want to say enough and I want to move on. Paul is saying, I won't do that. I'll be, I'll be weak to those who are weak. I'll stay. I'll, I'll associate with you. I'll be sensitive to your condition, to where you are now. I, I, I can let go. I can let go of my, honor, of my right to be honored. To be recognized for, I can let, let go. I, I can appear to be someone who doesn't need to be honored. I'm okay with that. Because I, I know who I am. And, and who God has made me, I will use it to serve you. That I would lift you. 
I would bring you to a place where you are now connected with the one who did what he did in my life. I won't protect my reputation. You may think what happened, what I, what that thing was my fault, was my, I, I won't protect myself. Why? Because when, when we put down our own, what are we doing? It's actually, it's not a matter of now we become powerless. What Paul is saying that when I lay down and I put down my own, this is who I am, how dare you not see me. When you put it down, you actually invite the God of Isaiah 40, Psalm 147, you inviting the power of God. God to start to work. Paul is saying, now I'm going to trust that God is going to, through my own very humble ways, seemingly, you know, you stepped all over me. That's what it might look like. It might look like I wasn't able to protect myself. But when I do that, God is going to come down and God is going to bring conviction. God is going to now bring you up. He's going to put down the influences that are causing you not to see, not to know. It's holding in your place. I'm going to let God be God. I'm just going to quietly display the power of God that's working in here. Are the power that God holds, he so often, within relationship with us, he doesn't use it. He chooses us. And in that, his power is displayed in the areas that we could never on our own make any difference, including here. We couldn't do it. Um, Look at Jesus. Jesus came to represent the Father, right? And in the Trinity, we also see a laying down of, like, Jesus never said, he always said, I, I'm not going to take the credit. I do what the Father, what I see the Father doing. What he says, I do. So Jesus is lifting up, giving the glory to God the Father. And the Father says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Do, do you see that? Now, Holy Spirit says, well, it, it says without the Spirit, no one can say he is Lord. So we see that in the Trinity. They are honoring each other. No one is taking, taking the, the uh, power and saying, look at me. The Trinity, they're all saying, pointing it to each other. Honor, honor the Father. The Father says, honor the Son. The Son says, honor the Spirit. The Spirit said, Jesus is the one. Salvation comes from Him, right? So we see it working. And when Jesus came to demonstrate, um, we, we see constantly in Scripture what Jesus did, the miracles that followed Him. Mark, in Mark 9, it says that... Um, Mark 9, 37 says, Jesus had gone to, to pray, and they came to him, and they said, they found him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. 
everyone is searching for you. Because when Jesus came to represent the Father, to represent that Jesus, God the Father is not angry. He's not frustrated. He's not looking for opportunities to put us aside. He is full of mercy. He's not going to fail us. He came to represent the Father to us. And when we are able to represent this kind of a Father to the world, what does Scripture say? Everyone was looking for Jesus. Sometimes we, we, we by mistake, because our own understanding, we misrepresent God. We, we get up on our horses and we're hard. And we're, when we can't, we can't let others be promoted and be lifted and, and encouraged. And we are so kind of like in a victim mentality. We, we so need the honor and the power and the, you know, we're so sensitive. We're so hurt. We're so offended. We can't forgive. We can't let it go that we don't represent the Father properly. We don't represent his power. And when we don't represent God in that way, the power of God isn't seen. When Jesus was around, what happened? Power, miracles, power was following everywhere Jesus went. Sometimes we're so after, oh, we want to see the miracles of God. Yes, that's that's part of the goal. But God is saying, first let's step here into allowing God to bring his power in here. Where it's a laid down heart. It's a laid down agenda. It's not about my comfort. It's not about how much you've hurt me and now I'm going to be upset and I can't let it go. And I've, you've, you've hurt me and now I'm on the ground. I can't get up. The Lord is saying, I'm, I pick you up. Come on, let's go. Now display the same power to others. Show it in your family. Show it in the church. Show it to the sinner. Then, like Jesus, everyone is searching for you. You, you can put, you're actually, it's okay to say, everyone is looking for you. Why? Because Jesus is seen. And because the power of God is seen in our lives. And Jesus is looking for us. Uh, people are looking for Jesus, but they're also looking for us. Because Jesus represented the Father. So, we have opportunity. You know, the disciples did it too. They misrepresented Jesus many times. You know, when, when the woman was there with the, she, had, she needed healing from her flow of blood. The disciples says, come on, Jesus, it doesn't matter. Don't pay attention. Jesus stopped. Let me display the Father. His eye is on you. The Father is paying attention to you. When the blind man cried out, the people tried to stop him. Stop, it's chaotic. It's, you know, it's so not honoring. Stop. And Jesus said, no. I'm going to represent the Father. I'm not going to be bothered by that. So what are the things that bother us? 
He's coming. He says, let me bring my power. So put your hand on your heart. God, I let go. I come off my horse. God, I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for my heart attitude, my words, and my actions where I've de dealt with myself, others, from the horse, Lord. Father, I come down. I come down, Lord. And Lord, I step into your everlasting love. I thank you, Lord. You know, keep your eyes closed. And if there's anyone here who has not yet met or is not sure if when they leave here that they are in the loving relationship with their Heavenly Father. If you haven't yet known Jesus as your Savior to bring you into this relationship with your Heavenly Father, just put your hand up. If there's any doubts in you, put your hand up. Or come and pray with us. Come and see us afterwards. Don't leave here. You know why? Because it's just gonna it's just gonna burden you. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in us through your Holy Spirit. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.